Thanks for joining us today. We love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life, so we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that online at fellowshipgj.com and pick the giving option that works best for you and help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's message. Well, good morning, church family. I want to go ahead and dive right in. Luke chapter 6, starting in verse 12, says, One of those days Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray, and he spent the night praying to God. And when evening came, he, when morning came, he called the disciples to him and chose 12 of them, whom he also designated apostles. Today, I want to speak to you from the subject, building a team, building a team. Now, I, I recognize that might sound like a very simple uh, topic to talk about today, but it is a topic that is so consequential to the quality and the success that, of your life. So uh, today, in fact, I want to start off by giving you a, um, a statement that I hope that would sink in for each and every one of us. We've got this statement on the side screen that basically this is my message as a whole today that I hope you'll catch this today. The course and the quality of your life is not just determined by who you are, it is equally determined by who you spend it with. I hope you catch that. I'm going to read it again. I hope you will follow along. Take a picture of this. Put it on Instagram. Catch this. The course and the quality of your life is not just determined by who you are. It is equally determined by who you spend it with. In other words, you will not go as far as your dream. You will only go as far as your team. So let me pray for you before we dive into this. Heavenly Father, we are your kids and we are in this room right now uh, hoping to hear from you, expecting to hear you move. So God, I pray that you get me out of the way and I pray that you would speak to us today. You know exactly what you want to put in our hearts in our lives today. And we pray that we would receive it the way you want us to. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let me ask you, how many baseball fans do we have in the house? Anybody? Woot woot, right? It's hard to be a baseball fan when you uh, live in a state like Colorado. But um, I, I recognize that I still have hope every year. Like this is going to be the year, right? The Rockies will pull through this year. This is going to be it. Well, this week started um, opening day all across the country. 30 major league baseball teams got together and, and began the, the season where every one of these teams that started the season started off with the same dream in mind. That, that they're all hoping that come October, they're going to be the last team. That come October, they're going to be the ones with the World Series title. They, that they're going to be the ones that are known as the champions when it comes to Major League Baseball. There's 30 teams. They all have the exact same dream. But what we know is that 29 of these teams, they're not going to make it. And the reason why has nothing to do with the dream. Because they all have the same dream. The reason why 29 of them are, are not going to make it and not going to hold the World Series title is because 29 don't have a good enough team. 
And see, you can have a great dream, but not necessarily have a good enough team. Now, what does that say about the Rockies? I'll let you put that together in your own mind. I won't, I won't say that. But, but what we recognize is this, is that you, you don't go as far as your dream. You only go as far as your team. And the Bible makes it very clear that you and I, we were created to be in a team. We are created for collaboration. We are created for community. We are created for interdependence. We are created to need one another. It's one of the distinctions between us and God is is that God is self-sufficient. He has everything that he needs within himself. He doesn't need anything from anyone. He doesn't need anything from you. In fact, God has everything he needs ever. He he has it all within himself. It's a distinction between you and I. And I have an announcement for you, my brothers and my sisters, and that's that you are not God. (laughs) There's a distinction between you and I and our heavenly father, and that's that you and I, we, we have needs. We have areas of deficiency. We have areas where we need other people's help. We need God's help, but we need other people's help. We have weaknesses. We need other people. In fact, the Bible makes it very clear right after God created man, we see in Genesis chapter two, verse 18, it says, the Lord said, it is not good for man to be alone. So God created man who looked at us and said, hey, uh, what I evaluate when I, when I look at my creation here is that it's not a good thing for man to be alone. Man should not be isolated. Woman should not be isolated. And you think, what? How, how could God say that? Because how was Adam alone if he was there with God? So if God is saying that Adam needs somebody besides him in order to be able to fulfill the calling that God has put on him. You see, he needs someone who looks like him. And see, I'm simply trying to suggest this morning that just as was the case for Adam is the case for you and I. And that case is that for me to be the best me, I need somebody besides me in my life. That if you're going to be the best version of you, you're going to need some other people in your life. The Bible puts it this way, Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. See, sharpen means to improve or to enhance. So the Bible is suggesting that how sharp I am is based on who I'm rubbing up against. Okay, how sharp you are, how enhanced you are in life, that, that is, has a direct connection between who the people are that you are rubbing up against in life. So the question is this, are, are, are the people that I'm rubbing up against making me more dull or are they making me sharper? Because the course and the quality of my life is not just determined by who you are, it is also equally determined by who you spend it with. The Bible also has another verse that says this. It says, walk with the wise and become wise. So the, this is interesting because it's, it's saying that you're going to become like who you walk with. Okay? So the first part of this, walk with the wise and become wise. But there's a B clause that says, and a companion of fools suffers harm. So did you catch what that said? Look at this. Because it doesn't say that a fool suffers harm. It says, a companion of fools suffers harm. So I don't have to be a fool to suffer harm. I only have to hang out with fools if I want to suffer harm in my life. He said, I don't want you to miss with the, the people that, 
that you live with, they're gonna rub off on you and it's either gonna be good or it's gonna be bad. And your life can be harmed depending on who you're hanging out with because you don't go as far as your dream, you go as far as your team. So your success is determined by your team. So one of the most consequential decisions that you and I will make in life is the the decision to decide who are we going to partner with to build our lives with? Who who are we gonna have as our team in life? And as I'm talking about team, I'm not just talking about people that we would hang out with like friends in life because we're gonna have friends in life, but beyond just friends, are we gonna have people in our life that we decide we're gonna build our dreams with and build our families with and build our, our relationships and our goals with and who are, who are gonna help us through life? We need people that will help us. And this is such an important principle that we see that Jesus himself picked a team. He picked a team. Do you, do you recognize that before Jesus turned water into wine, before Jesus went in and raised Lazarus from the dead, before Jesus opened blind men's eyes, before he opened Bartimaeus's eyes, before any of that, before he met with Zacchaeus, before he met in the middle of the night with Nicodemus, before any of that, when, when Jesus, the Son of God, the Prince of Peace, our Savior, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, before he did any of his miracles, first what Jesus did is he went out and he picked a team. Before any of the miracles that you and I read about and that we discuss with other people, So first, I've got to go out and I've got to get the right team around me because he's showing us a principle here is that you don't go as far as your dream. You go as far as your team. And if you want to be successful in life, it matters who you have around you. So today, I want to just take the couple moments that we have together and I want to look at some principles that we can pull out of how Jesus picked his team and how we can relate that to our lives and look at how you and I should build a team of people around us. What, what, what should that look like? How do we do it first of all? And then who should be in it second? So we, we look at it here and we see Luke chapter six, it says this, one of those days, Jesus went out to the mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. So the first thing Jesus did to build a team was this. Number one, Jesus prayed. Jesus prayed. See, prayer is this. Prayer is written or oral communication to God in the name of Jesus with the power of the Holy Spirit allowing us to communicate to him. And the purpose of prayer is not that we would express to God what our problems are and make God aware of what situations are going on in our life because God already knows everything. He already knows your problems. He knows what you're facing. He knows what you need. When we pray, we're not, we're not informing God of anything. When we pray, what are we doing? We, we are expressing our dependence on God. We're humbling ourselves and saying that, God, I need you. So when we pray and we're asking God for something that we don't have, our prayer is actually praise. Because what am I saying? I'm saying that, God, I'm asking you for something that no one else can do for me. 
Like, they can't bring me hope, so, I, so God, I'm asking you, would you bring me hope? They can't give me the, the resources I need, so God, would you give me the resources I need? They can't give me joy, they can't give me health, so God, I'm coming to you. So, so when we pray, we are expressing our dependence on God, saying, I can't get it within myself, and I can't get it anywhere else. What I need, I can only get from you. We're expressing our dependence on him, and we're saying, God, would you help me? And you and I, man, we pray for so many many things. We, we pray for finances. We pray for re, relationships. We pray for, for health. And we pray, God, would the Rockies please win this year? I mean, we pray for so many things. But, but let me ask you this. Have you ever prayed for a team? Like, be honest with yourself. Have you ever prayed that God would put the right friendships that you need in your life, the right people around you in order for you to be successful? Have you ever prayed? Because the Bible makes it very clear that you do not have because you do not ask God. That's James 4, 26. So there are certain things that you might not have in your life. You might be going through your life feeling lonely, feeling like you don't have help, feeling like you don't have what you need. And the Bible makes it clear you do not have because you do not ask God, are you, are you praying for a team? Because before Jesus went out and tried to find a team and gather a team, do any of that stuff, he started off from praying, God, would you, would you give me a team? Prayer is important because it does a couple things. Number one, prayer helps me see what I need. Prayer helps me see what I need. See, unfortunately, a lot of people will try to build teams in their life based not on what they need, but based off of who they like. And it's real easy to build a team around you based off of other people who look like you and think like you and vote like you and drive the same type of vehicle as you and spend their money the same way you do. It's real easy to try to get people around you who look exactly like you to be your team. And some people uh, uh, who, who would be assets in your life, we miss out on that because sometimes the people that we need as assets in our life would actually be very agitating to us because a lot of times when, when, when we start praying, God, would you put a team around me? He starts showing us areas of weakness in our life where we have need and he starts putting people around us to, who could fill that need. And starts showing us you're, you're strong in this area, but you're weak in this area. So I need to put someone around you who, who might agitate you a little bit. I mean, think about it. That's how the verse, when just as iron sharpens iron, so one man does another, it's agitation, right? If you're around everybody that's just smooth with you all the time, you're not getting sharpened. You need some people who are gonna agitate you sometime. And sometimes we miss out on the assets that God is putting in our lives because we give up on the asset because it's agitating to us. And we felt this when it comes to personality sometimes where you might be like, like a dreamer type of personality where you see vision and you're like, man, I really wanna, I wanna do something great with my business and I want it to be big and I want it to be awesome and I want all these things to happen. And then you get someone around you who's like more of an administrative mindset and they're, they're thinking the details and they're like, but real, actually for that to happen, you've gotta first have A and then B and then C and you can't do that without a permit. And you're like, why you always gotta be like, you're driving me nuts now. You're killing my dream, right? Why? Because, because sometimes when you have people around you where the, the area that you need is weak, it can be agitating. 
It can be agitating to you. And sometimes God will show you these different areas and he'll put people in your life that, that might not always look like you and they don't dress like you and they don't vote like you, but you need them. And when you, can, when you pray, God will start to show you your, your areas of weakness and show you you need them because, because it's not just about us being comfortable and building like a fun group of friends. God has given you dreams and he's given you responsibility and you've, you're building something and you, he wants you to be successful and be a good father and be a good mother. And for that, you need, you need a team. And sometimes that team is gonna be agitating. When you pray, God will start to show you what you need. But another thing that prayer does is God will start to show you at the same time what you already have around you. God will start to show you the help that you already have. An example of this is found in 2 Kings when Elisha, uh, the prophet of God and his servant are about to be attacked, okay? So you got uh, Elisha is, is serving the king of Israel. And we see that there was a bunch of enemy kings who were like coming together to attack Israel. And God kept uh, giving their game plan to Elisha and saying they're about to attack the king of Israel. So go ahead and tell him what's going on. So, so he'd, he'd like get the inside information from God. He'd tell the king their plans would be thwarted. So these kings got together and like, we got to take Elisha out. Right? They're all enemy kings. They have nothing to do with each other. But sometimes your enemies will come together just to come against you. And you're like, man, I didn't even know you guys were friends. I didn't even know you hung out. I thought you, didn't, I thought you stopped liking each other on Facebook. And now you're all buddy-buddy and chummy-chummy because you got a problem with me. Right? It's like people will come together sometimes to try to take you out. And you can feel overwhelmed. You can feel like there's so much coming against you. And all these armies come together to attack Elisha. And Elisha's servant goes out and sees the armies there. And he panics. He's like, ah, Elisha, we're going to die. Like, they're, they're, there's so many of them out there. They're, they've come to kill us. We're going to die right now. And this is how he responds, Second Kings 6. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And at this point, the Elisha's servant must have been thinking, oh, okay, this guy, he's off his rocker. He's lost his mind. Because he's like, no, I'm, what I'm trying to tell you, Elisha, pay attention for a moment because there's two of us. One, two, one, two, count us up, right? There's an army out there and they want to kill us, right? Pay attention. You're telling me there's more, more for us. So uh, the prophet, the Bible says, didn't, didn't like preach to him or correct him. The, the prophet prayed for him. And it said that Elisha prayed. Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. And then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked up and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So help was already around him. He just couldn't see it. Help was already there. And prayer helps you see the help that you've been looking for. The, prayer helps you see the help that's been right underneath your nose all the time. Can I just park here for a minute? Because I wonder how often do we pray for help and God gives us help, but we miss it because God gives it to us in the form of a project. 
It's like we've been, you might have been praying for a husband and you're, you're thinking about the way your husband's going to look. He's going to be like the Ken doll to your Barbie, right? He's going to be, he's going to be perfect. And God brings you a man and you're like, this boy doesn't even dress right. Like who matches his clothes? Does he get dressed in the dark? And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, woman, you've got to bring that man to Coles and buy him a shirt and show him how to coordinate, right? Because you... Listen, you can fix an outfit, but you can't fix character. You can fix an outfit, but you can't, you can't buy godliness. You can't buy security. You can't buy faithfulness. So sometimes God will send you something and you can look right over the top of it because you're like, I'm looking for the mature, uh, the, the, the fruit of this. And God is saying, no, I'm giving you a seed instead. I'm giving you a project to work on. And employers, you're going, man, I need some good employees. I need some workers. Where do I hire some good workers? And instead, maybe God's saying, I've already given you the seed. Would you just train those people that I've put underneath you? I've given you a project. It's right there. The help is underneath your nose. And I pray that in this season that God would open your eyes to see the help that he's already given you. Because so many of us, we go through life feeling isolated and feeling alone. I'm doing this all by myself. There's no one here to help me. And God's like, I've given it to you already. I put it right there. And sometimes you won't even see it if you don't take this first step that Jesus took. And the first step in building the team he took was Jesus prayed. And then the second step, Jesus pursued says this, notice, when morning came, he called the disciples to him. Notice this, Jesus pursued a team. He called them to him, okay? Jesus didn't wait for people to come to him. Jesus wasn't just sitting around going, man, I hope someday some people show up that want to help me. I hope someday there's going to, I hope someday someone's just going to knock on my door and be like, look, I'm here to help you any possible way. You just tell me how. No, he's like, I'm going to go pursue a team. It says he called the disciples to, to what? To him. There's a lesson in this that you don't need people who are called to the project that you're called to. You need people who are called to you. You don't need people who are called to the bigness of what you're building. You need people who are called to you. This is about loyalty, right? This is, this, this is about faithfulness here because if someone is just called to the bigness of your project, that's good for a little while until a bigger project comes along, right? It's like in a relationship, it's like if you're a woman, you want you want a man to appreciate your beauty, but you don't want them to just love you because of your beauty, because what if someone else more beautiful comes along? If, you, if you're a husband, if you're, if you're a man, you want a woman to appreciate the resources you can bring in, but not to just love you simply because of those resources, because there's always gonna be someone who has more resources. This is about loyalty. This is about faithfulness. And we see that we serve a God who, who, who is a faithful God. Who, who is all about loyalty, who's all about, I, I'm here for you. So there's gonna be other people who will leave you, other people who will turn away from you, other people who will forsake you, but I will never forsake you. I will never leave you. You need people who are called to you. When you're building a team, you don't need people who are called to what you're building, but to you. Give me an example of this. Well, Peter, 
Peter is a great example of this because at one point, many of the disciples just up and deserted Jesus. Like, we're not following this guy anymore. We don't know about this. We're leaving. And Jesus turned and asked Peter, are you going to leave me too? Peter answered, where else can I go? For, For you have the words of eternal life. He's like, I'm not... I'm not here for the project. I'm not here for what, what you're doing. I'm here for you because you are the answer. I'm here for you. Do you have anyone in your life that, that's just called to you, that loves you, that has your back? See, I, I pray that God would send you people who are faithful to you because I know in this room that every one of us have experienced betrayal. Every one of us have invested into someone just for them to go and turn their back on us and go somewhere else. And employers have invested into and trained employees just for them to go across the street and work for the competition. I know every one of us have dealt with that. And you go, how is it that I'm, I'm sowing seeds of, uh, uh, of loyalty? I'm sowing seeds of faithfulness. And it feels like I just get betrayed over and over and over again. And my prayer for you is that you would enter a season now where God starts to just pour out his favor on you where you start harvesting people who are loyal to you, not just loyal to what you're building, not just loyal to the idea of what you want to do, but they're loyal to you. They got your back because they care for you. I mean, you need people in your life that are faithful. And see, faithfulness is not even revealed until it's tested. See, you won't know if someone's faithful until they have the opportunity to not be you won't know if someone's loyal until they have the opportunity to not be. And, 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 and I love it when I have people around me who I know are just like, they're, they're faithful to me. In my absence, that's where it's revealed. When I'm not there, do you still have my back? When I'm not there, do you still love me? When I'm not there, are you still for me? And, and, and when you're building a team, you need people who, who are called to you, to be faithful to you. It's been one of the revealing things where I've, I've known in, who to pick on my team in my life as faithfulness has been revealed because there are certain people that will come up to me and tell me something like, I heard so-and-so and such-and-such and so-and-so and they were talking about you, they said this and that. And immediately my thought is, what did you say back? What did you do about it, right? Because there's a difference, like, if you're gonna just sit there and listen to them talk trash about me, then now I'm questioning your faithfulness. I'm questioning where you are. But let me, let me just warn you on something. Why don't you try to say something negative about my wife and see where that goes, right? It's like, because I also have people around me in my life that they'll come up and they'll say, oh yeah, I don't spend time with that person anymore. I'm like, why, what happened? They're like, oh, they said something about you. You don't even need to know about it. I handled it. I'm going, that's a faithful person. <laughs> that's a loyal person. And do you know that, that, that there's nothing wrong with that? Because God shows his faithfulness and his love to his people. We, we, we need to be the type of people who are, are pursuing, not just hoping that these people are gonna come around, but pursuing, is a, are there people that are called to me? And Jesus prayed, God, I, I build my team. And then he went out and he pursued and he called the disciples to him. And then the last thing he did is Jesus, number three, he picked, he picked a team, okay? When morning came, he called the disciples to him and he chose 12 of them whom he also designated apostles. See, you could misunderstand this um, because 
it's easy to think that all the disciples were apostles, okay? But all the disciples were not apostles. All of the apostles were disciples, but it was not the other way around. And I think we get confused here because if you grew up in church, how many of you went to like Sunday school and stuff, like or vacation Bible school? I'm sure you heard about the, the 12 disciples, the 12 disciples all the time. Well, the Bible is talking many times about the 12 apostles, these 12 that were designated. There were many disciples. Uh, uh, there was lots of people that followed Jesus's teachings. They were the disciples. One scripture talks about the fact that at one point Jesus sent 70 of his disciples off on a task together. So we know that there were many, many, many disciples, but out of those disciples, see, there's, there's a difference too. The, a disciple is someone who just hung out with Jesus, right? And followed him around and learned from him. A disciple is someone who pulled from Jesus, but an apostle was someone who helped Jesus. An apostle was someone who partnered with Jesus. So here's my question to you. Are you picking disciples to be apostles? Are you picking people that you have in your life to be part of your inner circle? Because sometimes you might be trying to carry people in your life and trying to have people on your inner circle in your life that have no business being on the inner circle. You might be trying to put some people out on the field to play on the field and you're like, but they're my cousin and I love them. I'm like, but they can't hit the ball. So they might, you might need to sit them on the bench. They can, they can be the bat boy. They can get some water. That's okay that they're around. Am I, am I saying you need to, to just eliminate people from your life? No, no, I'm saying we have to assess the people in our life and choose who are gonna be the people that are gonna have the greatest areas of influence in my life and be part of this inner circle. Because just because a person is part of your life doesn't mean that they need to be a part of your team. And this is something that a lot of us get hung up on. Oh, but you don't, but they love me, but that's my cousin, it's my uncle. You don't, you just don't know. Well, it's okay that they're your uncle and it's okay that you love them, but that doesn't give them the right to be your advisor. It's okay that they're your cousin, but it doesn't give them the right to, be, to get in there in the battle with you sometimes. And we have to have a distinction sometimes. Am I being mean? No, I'm being clear on the fact that you're gonna have a lot of people in your life and some are gonna come and some are gonna go and you're gonna have friends in your life and it's okay that they're at the barbecue with you, but God has called you to build something. He's called you to live a life that pleases him and that moves forward for the kingdom work of God. And in doing that, you don't need people who are just hanging out with you. You need a team. And so you've got to decide, is this person, I'm choosing now. I'm calling from the people in my life. I'm choosing, are you someone who who's, I'm going to just hang out with and, and, and eat some ribs with? Or are you someone that I'm going to do life with and that I'm going to partner with so I can move forward because I want to be successful because I don't go as far as my, as far as my dream. I go as far as my team. So in closing, I wanna give you three things, three things that you need to pray for. These are the three type of teammates you need to look for when you are praying and pursuing and choosing. You need these three types of people on your team. They all start with a B. Number one, you need blockers. You need blockers, people who will block for you. You need people who will block for you. See, blockers are people who will protect you they will protect you. Sometimes they, they will protect you from things that you can't even see. And, and, and Peter was someone who was a blocker. 
And if you have blockers in your life, sometimes you even got to pull them back because they can be aggressive. It's like Jesus had to pull Peter back like, Peter, stop it. Whoa, man, stop cutting off people's ears with your sword and knock it off. And he's like, but I'm a blocker, right? I got your back. I'm a blocker. See, a, a blocker will, will protect you, but they'll also, they'll make a way for you. They'll, they'll open doors and they'll, they'll help you out. They'll help you get where you're trying to get. And this is what's interesting. If you look at football, like in football, a lineman will, will, will throw a block and open a hole so the running back can run the ball in for a touchdown. What happens is at the end of the game, all of a sudden now, everyone's coming around and rallying around the running back and he's getting the interviews and he's getting the high fives. He's getting all the celebration and the blocker, he got no celebration there, but he's not trying to get it. And a good blocker in your life, it wants you to be successful and will help you be successful. They're not trying to be you. They're not trying to take anything from you. They want to celebrate your victories. They want you to get into the fullness of what God has called you to be. And we see that Jesus had blockers. See that, that John the Baptist was a blocker. John the Baptist says, I'm preparing a way for someone who is going to come after me. He said, I will decrease so the one who comes after me can increase. You need people in your life who will block for you. Number two, you need people, pray for people who will be your backs, who will have your back. Because if you're trying to build something great, trying to build a marriage, if you're trying to build a family, if you're trying to build a life, if you're trying to build a business, you can't do it all. And sometimes you're gonna have to be able to hand the, the ball off to some people who can help you. People who won't fumble the ball because parents, there's gonna be a time when your kids will not listen to you. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sounds fresh over there, mama. <laughs> There's gonna be some times where, where your kids won't listen to you. So you gotta have someone that's got your back that you can, you know what, boy, you go talk to your uncle about this before. I, I'm not saying another word. Just go talk to your uncle. You gotta have someone where you're like, okay, I, I trust that, that, that now that I've handed my kid off to you, you're gonna give them advice that's gonna match the advice that our God wants them to hear, the, the same thing that I would have said. Uh, do you have people like that? And you've gotta start developing those relationships, praying for those relationships, pursuing those relationships, because there are times when, when even in my family, we have been developing relationships where we, our daughters know there are certain people they can go to. They don't even have to talk to mom and dad. You just go talk to them. So you don't want to hear what dad has to say. Just go talk to them. And I am trusting and praying and believing that they, they're not going to fumble the ball with my kids. And, and you have to have people in your life that won't fumble the ball with the things that are important. When you pour your heart out to someone, you've got to have people who won't fumble that. When you're honest with your pain, honest with your sins, honest with your hurt, you've got to have people who won't fumble that. You need blockers, you need backs, and then every person in here we need to be praying for, we need, we need bosses. We need bosses. And by that I mean you need mentors, you need advisors. When you're confused, you need, you, you need somebody that you can go to and say, okay, tell me what play to run. I have no idea what to do. And you know what? It's gonna, it might be a group of different people in this category. 
Because it, it could be people when it comes to your finances that, that could be a mentor in your life that they, they, they've got it together and they know have the right answers, but you might like, like, I don't necessarily want your marriage advice, but I do want to know how you run your business. It's like we need, we need to recognize that in different areas of my life, I'm going to have to have people that will mentor me, that will help me, that will, that will look at me and tell me the truth about me, not because they're trying to control me, but because they have my best interest at heart. See, God has called you to live a life of purpose, to live a life of fulfillment, to live a life where, where you're accomplishing the dreams that he's putting in your life. And for you to do that, you can't do it alone. You have to have a team because you're not gonna go as far as your dream. You're, you're only gonna go as far as your team. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I know in this room, there's a lot of us, we feel lonely, we feel like we need help. We feel like we're doing a lot on our own. So we come before you right now and we ask you for help. We ask you that you would bring the right team around us, that you give us the opportunities to pursue those teams, to, to pursue friendships and mentorships and to, to pursue people around us that, that we need and help us to pick the right people to be in our lives. And then God, uh, we, we pray that not only would we be, not only would we have blockers and backs and bosses in our life, but we could be that for other people as well. Because we look at you and we recognize that God, you built a team that changed the world. So it's our hope and our prayer that you would help us build a team that can change our worlds. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. I love you, church family. You are wonderful. I will see you next Sunday. Have a great week. Thanks for joining us today. We love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that online at fellowshipgj.com and pick the giving option that works best for you. Help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's message.